Hey guys, welcome back. We are so excited for you to join us. So this is part two of our How to Do a Quiet Time series with Corinne Allen. If you want to listen to part one, it gives a really great background to the episode. So make sure to check that out. And we can't wait to dive in deeper with you. I have missed being in your presence more often. I miss you guys so much. <laughs> it is such an evidence. And then I'll I'm throwing you a curveball, so I hope you're going to be okay with it. You will be because you know this stuff, but it's such an evidence of when you spend time at scripture, scripture is what comes out and your life just, it just shows that. And I'm just always encouraged. Okay. My question for you. So if we're thinking about different stages of life, so we're talking to high schoolers, college age, post-grad and so on. Do you ever graduate from post-grad? Like, is everyone after college just post-grad? I think so. I'm trying That's to get used to it. Random thought. So what would you say? So Suzanne and I are in the post-grad season because we Welcome. just graduated. Thanks. It's horrible. I want to go back. I love it. So many good things. So many hard things. Yeah. So for the post-grad woman, what would you, what would you say is like the biggest change that's been in your walk with Christ in the post-grad season? That is a good curveball <laughs> and a great question. Um, let's see. I think part of what's different about leaving school, whether that be high school and you go straight into the workforce or you graduate college, is you, for the first time probably in your life, at least since you were a five-year-old, have less structure than you ever have. In some ways you do if you work a job or you go on to more school. But in other ways, there is kind of this sense of responsibility only continues to increase. But there's also kind of this, I'm no longer just like a student. My identity is not necessarily in things that I do. And so I feel like part of, for me, what the Lord has been doing in my walk with the Lord is He has been inviting me into what does it look like, Corinne, for you to accept my invitation to actually abide and to actually enjoy time with me? Because I really struggle with, and this kind of revealed it when I'm in a season right now, you know, part two to be continued, but where I necessarily... I don't have like one title or one specific thing where I can look back on my life and I found really great comfort and security in, oh, I'm this, I'm this, I'm part of this, I do this. And then I move back and I'm like, well, I do nothing, which isn't true. But God was revealing to me like, Corinne, you love doing things for me. And that is wonderful. But you don't love being with me. You are more concerned just doing all these great things that honestly probably get more like attention. But my heart, like from the inside out, I'm like exhausted, burnout. And so I think a lot of even just more recently has been returning to the Lord to spend time sitting at his feet, not because I have to, and not because if I do, then he'll give me these things or that I'm like, oh, I should probably make my way back to the Lord. But genuinely out of a finally like understanding that there is a God that loves me and wants what's best for me and has that but it's through relationship with him. And I just finished studying the story of Mary and Martha, but Martha, I think is just one of the most beautiful conversations that Jesus has because he looks at her and he essentially says, Martha, dear Martha, what you're working on, this wonderful meal, it's so thoughtful and it's great, but it's literally going to be gone in minutes. But the thing that won't be taken away and that's going to last forever is relationship and abiding with me. And I just feel like I have come undone by remembering that that is what God 
looks at us and says is that, yes, it's great to do things in the name of the Lord. But if we're not first being filled with his power and his wisdom, then what are we really doing? Like we are going out in our own strength and our own power. And that's not a great thing to offer to the world or to the people around us. And so I think kind of to bring it back, but a huge way that I have grown is, oh my goodness, I feel like maybe for the first time, but just more solidified, I am genuinely enjoying time with the Lord. And I'm seeing that worship and time with Him can look different. For me right now, it looks like some mornings I'm starting by going on walks and just being outside and being present because I'm not super awake when I roll out of bed. And then I transition to like reading and spending time with the Lord. But it also, I see more of God through life-giving relationships with people and through discipleship. And I mean, I'm, you can taste a great meal. You can look at a great sunset. And I think just be reminded of the Lord. And so trying to also expand from this one hour that you compartmentalize as your quote time with the Lord to now, how do we not figure out how to fit the Lord into our lives, but how do we work and open up all of our 24 hours to whatever the Lord wants that to be. But I'm so thankful to now kind of be at a place where maybe for the first time, I really understand that it's not because I have to, but I get to spend time with him. And I recognize, like you said, I'm thankful that you notice, but that scripture would be the overflow. Like how many times have I tried to give really good advice? I'm like, well, I know enough, like I can figure this out. And it's like, oh my gosh, what a difference though, when it's like, oh, just scripture. Okay, that's great. And so just even some of those sweet, I guess, bonuses, not why you spend time with the Lord, but just how he's changing me. Um, And I think for me, that's just been a lot of just humility to go. Yeah, what I offer you is actually rags compared to what you offer me. And that's what he's been reminding me is that his grace and relationship with him is his gift to us. And we're not, it's not the other way around. We don't have to figure out how to like achieve it. And we've got to learn how to actually receive it and be humble enough to say, yeah, I need this gift from you, Lord, and I can't do anything to earn it. Something, something that I was thinking of, because I know you were a PR major in college is um, A. Blair, famous A. Blair. She was, uh, she was giving us a discussion on why it's important not to look at your position as a Christian as Jesus's PR. And that, Mm. I mean, it seems so simple, simple when it's said out loud, but as I've thought more about that, and as I've contemplated that, it is so true because our job is to not be, you know, not to make Jesus, to make him have this filter that's stunning on social media. Our job is to know him better and to fall more in love with him every day because that is the essence of who he is. And that overflows into how we interact with people. And that's the attractive aroma, not what we have cultivated on our own. Um, and so I, that's, sorry, that's just something that I was thinking of as you were talking. I'm like, that is such a beautiful reminder of it's not what we can gain from a quiet time, but it's that we gain him. And him by himself overflows into every aspect of our life that we look as benefits, but really the true benefit is him. Um, gosh, that's so beautiful. Ah, I love this conversation. Okay, yeah, I'm going to get really high. I have another follow up <laughs> because why not? Okay, my second follow up. How do you carry your quiet time throughout the day? Because it's really easy to sit down. So I love New Morning Mercies, Paul David Tripp. It has been so beneficial. Um, my youth pastor champions it, but champions scripture first. So he always encourages us to read the passage first 
and then go and read um, the summary or the like encouragement alongside of it. And so that's been so helpful. But how then would you encourage us to take it throughout our day and not just leave it in the morning or leave it in the night, but to actually like continue to live it out? Mm, that's so good. I love getting practical because I just being someone I think I so I grew up in church. And I feel like I knew a lot of the things we were supposed to be doing. But I kind of felt like we weren't always talking about like how. And in some ways, that's fine, because I can also become very legalistic and specific. So if you were to tell me how I might accidentally like follow it down to like <laughs> a T. But at the same time, like I feel like we were taught have a quiet time but we didn't talk about well how do you have one and how does that carry on and I ooh, man president of being like so good at compartmentalizing my day I think just because there are so many things in a day and maybe other people can definitely relate because I just don't think that we live in a world where we just do like one thing <laughs> and so it is so easy to slip into okay I spent time with the Lord now close that chapter and on to the next part of my day and so for me I think one thing we have to just address is like, we're not just going to become magical people that can just like pull things out of our brain. So like, we have to be okay with this is going to take practice. And this is going to take steps that we have to put into place. Yes, the Lord will also be faithful to recall and bring to memory. And that's how the Holy Spirit guides and he prompts and convicts. And I love that we have the Holy Spirit with us. And at the same time, we have to be willing to go, okay, I'm human and my brain just like can't. And so I have to figure out what is that going to look like? Maybe it's if you're setting like a reminder in your phone throughout the day of like go over scripture and you're working on like memory verse or for me, like posted notes of scripture everywhere. I think also if you're not in discipleship or and or accountability, then how can you find at least someone that you're checking in with not out of like every single day I have to tell them this is all that I read and learned because I don't know how you'd have time to do that and like also spend time with Lord. But like, for me, sometimes I'll just like send a, like a butterfly emoji to my friend and she knows that means like I've spent time with the Lord or if I receive that, I'm like, okay, that's good accountability. But also like getting into the habit of normalizing talking to people about what we're learning. And I think for me too, when I go on like my, I'm just call it move. And so I just worship as I move, um, partly because I don't always treat that as worship. And so I am really readjusting to like, I'm going to run as slow as I need to, to feel like this is still worshipful and I don't want to just quit, but also like the music I'm listening to, or some mornings, it's just going to look like talking out loud. And so beginning to like actually have conversations, whether it be while we're in the car or on the way to things just with the Lord and learning that side of communion too, is I think that what God's given us is access to his presence and we get to work that out through communicating with him in prayer but also in scripture and so for me I mean set it as your back like lock screen talk about it with people write it everywhere keep practicing it and then also like maybe for you it looks like this is like where I'm spending part of the time but then also like I know that at the end of the night, I'm going to come back around and like review or reflect. And maybe your like quiet time is actually four parts and you just think of it that way. But really what you're doing is you're training your brain to say, this isn't my time with God. This is where I like specifically commune and kind of center and like remind myself of his truth. But my time with the Lord is my entire life. Like this isn't just like spiritual life. And then the rest of my life, this is all I got is relationship with him. 
Mm, that's beautiful. Okay, I have another question, but right. I want to see if Suzanne has one. No, I don't. Go ahead. Okay, great. Then I'll ask mine. <laughs> I'll steal all of this time. Um, what would be, so if a student came up to you tonight at church and says, I have never done a quiet time before, where do I even start? What would you tell them? I don't want us to get, I agree with what you said earlier of not giving like a step-by-step. So there's legalism there, but what would be like a first step that you would give a student or anyone at any age of where to start on a quiet time? Yeah. And that's actually a conversation I feel like I get to have. And that's one of my favorite conversations to have. Cause I'm like, I think the beautiful thing is that you're hopefully thinking of it as like, okay, first of all, you're starting by asking and that's awesome. So I hope you feel like you're already taking that step into just asking someone, what does this look like? Um, for me, my time with the Lord has definitely looked different throughout different seasons as I figure out questions to ask or things to consider. But something that I feel like What I would encourage is you start with a passage of scripture. And I think that's a good place where you find someone in your life that you know loves the Lord and you ask them for some books of the Bible that have stood out to them. Because I also don't love to always be like, well, read this book because that's what like new Christians need to read or whatever. I like, again, that's like great heart. But then I think we forget that God can even speak to us through books like Leviticus, just like he can in the gospels. And so I have to remind myself of that. But for me, what I kind of think through is how can we spend time with Lord? And there's so many different great resources out there. There's different acronyms that take you through pretty similar ways to study scripture. But if I were to kind of boil it down without going that specific, I would encourage like you're spending time, obviously reading scripture, maybe even you're spending time before preparing and asking God to actually show you because we're trusting that if he doesn't reveal it to us, then we don't see it. And we need him to give us that insight. But then we spend time reading and we begin to consider, okay, what is this passage telling me about who God is? Or what is this telling me about the gospel? And maybe you see both in a passage or maybe you don't. And that's okay. But I think I've even talked about like in a genealogy where it's just a fancy word of in the Bible, there's a lot of times where there's lists of names that if I were to pronounce all of them, it'd be embarrassing. And like, but it recounts and part of it is, is what does that tell me about God? Well, first of all, it lays out such beautiful history that can be backed up. And I think that's just awesome that God doesn't need to back himself up, but yet he does. And then what it also tells me is he gives the details of so many individual people's lives. And that tells me that we have a very kind and caring and attentive father. And if Jesus Christ, who's God, is Hebrews 13, eight says like Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. So if he's kind and attentive to the details of these people's lives, then is he not going to also be that in my life? And so beginning to reflect on not pulling things out that aren't there in the text, but literally what does this say about God? And what does this say about the gospel and being able to transition because from Genesis to Revelation, there's one big grander narrative being told through the, you know, kind of bigger gospel that is God redeeming a people that turn their back on him. But because he's God, Emmanuel, God with us, he died on the cross so that we could be with him and is going to come again one day to be with us forever. And so how can we look throughout scripture? How is that contributing to that grander narrative? What am I learning about God? And then transitioning to what does this mean for my life? Not in a, what, how do I make this scripture like work for me? Or what are the parts I like? And I don't want to focus on the other things that like convict me or like, I don't really want to talk about, but genuinely beginning to ask the Lord, okay, 
if you are fill in the blank, and I just saw this about you, then what does this actually look like in my life? And so some ways that I would suggest going is, are there things you need to repent of? Are there examples in the text where is this person setting an example and modeling something that you need to be living more like? Or are they giving you a warning of this is not how to live? And so is there a command for me to obey? Is there a promise for me to believe and beginning to kind of reflect on not just like, Corinne, what do you think this text means? Because like that is just not a good idea. But genuinely, how can we look at scripture though and go, okay, is there a promise that Jesus or that God gave? And how does that relate to me? And is this person modeling something that I need to reflect on in my life? Is there sin that I need to repent of because of this? Am I being charged with something to go do? And then to honestly spend time like responding, whether that be talking out loud or writing it down in a journal. And again, giving yourself permission that on some days you might have the time to write it out. And other days it might look like you take that time to drive to the next thing and you talk to the Lord and you work it out in a response that is spoken. But either way, I think moving from first focusing on God, because he's the main character of the entire Bible, every story points back to him and his grander narrative of the gospel. And then what does that actually look like for us to respond to it? And how do we walk that out? And then actually talking to the Lord about it. Oh, that's beautiful. Honestly, I, in, in this season of absolute transition in every way, there has been such an interesting shift in my quiet time of truly, I agree with what you said earlier, of just being like, I literally cannot do this alone. And I literally need Jesus to, to remind me that he gives the strength and the, um, the strength to do each day, day by day. And, and I love the way that you have mapped out quiet time influences the way that I do quiet time now. So I appreciate you walking us through that. Um, well, Thank you so much, like literally so much for coming on and talking to us. This uh, has just been a joy. Such a joy, honestly. Yeah. This is truly such a highlight for me. So thank you. I feel like I need to be the one thanking you guys for even letting me come on and talk about this because I just, yeah, it has changed my life because Jesus has changed my life. And if I could say kind of one last thing, I think that the enemy of ourselves would love us to think of the Bible as just like another book to read and that praying to God is just like talking and not hearing anything because I think even the enemy is very well aware of the actual power that is in our relationship with the Lord. And when we can tap into that, I definitely am living proof that by his mercy, I now wake up and I'm like excited to go to him. And when things get hard, I look forward to spending time with him where maybe before it was like, oh, I'm going to do this anyways. But just know that he blesses us where we are obedient and where we are surrendered and we are trusting him. But also when we have hard times where we forget, he is so faithful to invite us to repent and return. And so where my heart doesn't always crave that, He's so kind to keep working, but also I'm at a place now where I know in my head that this is worth it, that this is like so much more powerful than just reading a nice little book and spending some time just talking out loud. But I actually have a creator of the whole world that actually listens to me and is speaking. That's such a good reminder. Thank you so much. Um, Okay. Well, I will close with our benediction for this week and, um, May we all just be blessed by the conversation that we just had and the and the reminders that were just given. So uh, may we meditate on his words day and night. May we bow in submission to God's words, God's will, and God's way. 
May we love just being with Jesus and communing with him. And may we repent and return to his presence. May we go in grace and peace to love and serve the Lord. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, We will see you all very soon or hear you all very soon.